In October 2019, Florida's House Representative Kim Daniels introduced House Bill 341. It's a bill that requires each school district to offer specified courses relating to religion, Hebrew scriptures, and Bible to certain students as elective courses. Basically, it means that every school in Florida would have to offer religious and even biblical courses as electives for students to choose. If passed this year, it would go into effect in July. Now, as you might imagine, this bill sparked a lot of conversation. One mom offered her support of the bill. We believe in the Lord, and we just think that it's just very important that we instill that in, in her in an early age. That's why Sitton says she supports two recently proposed bills to make religion an elective class for high schoolers and for schools to teach different worldviews on evolution and climate change. It's good to learn, you know, different cultures and what different people believe. I definitely think that it can't hurt, you know, it can only help her. Another mom wasn't so excited about the idea. I like being in control of that sort of messaging myself with my children and would prefer that schools not teach religion in schools. But a comment from the local teachers union maybe sums up our cultural attitude toward education and its relation to faith. I think it's a slippery slope. There is a place for religion and uh, it's not in public education. In recent decades, the idea that keeping religion out of schools honors the establishment clause of our Constitution's First Amendment has become assumed. Teachers who are Christian must tread lightly and keep their personal beliefs from making an appearance while they are wearing the teacher hat. And maybe you think that it'd be really fun to have a political debate about religion and education. Or maybe not. I do want to point out one of the less obvious effects of a philosophy that separates our Christian faith from our educational process. And that effect is what this episode of Breadcrumbs is all about. Welcome to the second episode of Season 2 of Breadcrumbs, our youth ministry podcast at Bread of Life Church. I'm Jason Lowe, the youth minister at Bread of Life. This season, we are talking about the theme, sacred versus secular. When we label certain activities as sacred or as secular, have we really considered how that influences the way we see the world? Have we thought about how it might hinder our faith? Is it even right or accurate to use such labels? In this episode, we tackle school or education. It's an arena that impacts everyone in our youth ministry because, well, all youth are also students. Hardly a week goes by when we don't talk about the things we're learning or not learning in our classes. And the grades that we stress so much about is seen as an indicator of how much we've learned or how we have or have not excelled in school. And I think it's easy to label this huge part of life as secular, in large part because we've separated faith from our education. But there should really be nothing secular about the sacred process of education and the work that each student does in their role as a student. 
The reason Christians can't think of school as secular is because God's Genesis 1, 26-28 command to rule over and care for creation should be the basis for our concept of education. In other words, learning, whether it's casual and spontaneous or systematic, is a part of our sacred role as image bearers of God who have been given the sacred task of caring for and ruling over God's creation with him. This is part of the sacredness of the work that humans are supposed to do, including the work that we do in school. And I'd like to offer two reasons. They're related reasons, but two reasons why we should think this way. First, the work we do in school is to learn and grow in our knowledge and skills. And this learning and growing is inherently sacred because it's part of what our call is as humans to rule and care for creation as God's co-rulers. I mean, think about the learning process and how we apply it. Think about the music that we write and play and sing and the way that it inspires and uplifts and unites us. Think about the books that we read and write and the stories that we tell and how they express our creativity or communicate ideas. Think about the exploration of the natural world and the wonders that we discover and learn from and the way that we use that knowledge to care for the world around us. Think about the physiology of the human body, the intricacies of the countless cells in every person, and how we just marvel at how the body works, and we use it to care for those who are sick. Think about social studies that break down human relationships and human behavior and the history of those things. And how we apply that to the relationships that we have now, looking to have healthy, meaningful relationships. Think about how we use technology to harness creation, to build and to create. Sometimes we make things that it's really even hard to understand how they work or how they were created. When we learn and grow in these ways, we are most certainly working out the purpose and identity that God gave to humanity as co-rulers with him of his creation. A second reason that our education is sacred, a reason that's related to the first, is because our schooling provides a window to glimpse the glory of God in creation and in history through things like science, math, language, history. Psalm chapter 19, verse 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the skies proclaim his handiwork. In our family, one thing that never fails is the wonder that accompanies encounters with animals. My nine-year-old really sets the tone for the family. He's always been fascinated by animals. He loves to learn facts about animals, and he remembers those facts with a vice-like memory. He forgets a lot of other things, but not stuff about animals. Around the house, if you call out that you've found a spider, or that you see a squirrel, or you make an invitation to dig for bugs, we drop everything and we look, we observe, we wonder. For his eighth birthday, he had a reptile party. 
a woman brought boxes of reptiles to our house. In the backyard, not inside the house. And she showed them off. She taught us a few things as we gawked, as we touched. Our family glories in the wonder of the animal kingdom. God really does make weird and wonderful things. My daughter from the library at school this past week brought home a book all about rocks. She collects rocks, looking at the patterns that are in them. Our house has way too many rocks. And I think that we should also delight and glory in things like math and physics or languages and literature. All of these things, the natural world, animals, rocks, ideas that we get from math and other school subjects, all of these things can help us to see who God is and to marvel at what he's made, the design that he's put in to this world. But if we make school a secular pursuit, then we divorce our understanding of the world we live in from the one who made it, the one who made us. Last year, we had Professor Eric Tonis of Biola University speak at Bread of Life as a guest during our fall conference. And that Friday night, he spoke on Genesis chapter 1. And I recall that he said, if we can just get Genesis 1-1 right, we really see God as the creator and author of everything. If we get that right, then everything else will fall into place. And he went on to explain that what he meant was that the world only truly makes sense and our purpose and obligation as humans is clear when we realize and accept that God made everything. Maybe it's summed up well by R.C. Sproul, who was a highly regarded speaker and theologian who passed away in 2017. Let me just close our time today by reminding you of the mandate of God, that we are to be diligent in teaching the things of God and to leading our children into an understanding of reality, of the world around them, from the perspective of God. The importance of education shapes a person's entire life. Think in your own life how your perspective on the world was not something that you learned in the crib, but it is something that took years and years and years to fashion. A standpoint, a perspective, a grid through which you interpret the reality that you experience in this world. Where did your grid come from? What are the basic assumptions that you bring to any learning experience? We need to ask ourselves those critical questions, lest we have inadvertently or unconsciously accepted as premises, fundamental premises, things that are actually on a collision course with the truth of God. Education is a sacred process because it helps us to fulfill the responsibility, the purpose that God gave 
to humanity from the very beginning to rule, reign over his creation with him. And it helps us to see the glory of God in what he made. As we finish, I want to offer you a few additional ideas about school, about our education. First is that we are not our work or our academic standing. You may be a student, but a student is not your identity. So you might be great at school, and that's awesome. But remember, it's not who you are. In an environment that's so focused on academic achievement, it's too easy to tie or to weave your GPA into your sense of who you are. When conversations about APs and REACH schools start heating up, it's hard not to see yourself through that prism. So please, check your heart. Remind yourself that while you might be a student who has a 4.0, you are not a 4.0 student, or whatever your GPA might be. On the other hand, you might be bad at school, and that's okay too. Remember, it's not who you are. In fact, probably some of you listening really struggle with school. Maybe you've said, I hate school, and you don't see the point of learning algebra or calculus or chemistry, or Shakespeare. I'd like to encourage you. School is an opportunity for you to develop the life attitude as a learner, which can be applied in every stage of life. Sure, much of what you learn won't be used on a daily basis as an adult. But adopting the attitude of a learner and learning to see God as we're learning is a perspective that will pay dividends long after your grades got you into or didn't get you into the college that you wanted to go to. There's value in the process, as hard or as difficult as it may be. Second, I think the idea of teaching and being able to look beyond what we're learning and to see ourselves not just as students but as teachers is an important transition for each of us to make. We have those who have taught or are teaching us, and we will have opportunities, if we haven't already, to teach others, to tutor them, to come alongside, to explain the things that we have already learned to them. And as Christians, a big part of our role in the church and in our communities is to teach and to disciple others, to train them in the ways of Jesus Christ, to teach them to know him. But it can also be to teach and to explain the world that we live in and and what we've learned about it. We can show others the intricacies of God's creation. We can build relationships with them and build community. And so even as we think of ourselves as students, not just presently, but for the rest of our lives. Look for opportunities to go to the other side of the table and to relate to others as a teacher. I know a lot of days school probably isn't fun for you. And it may be hard to see how school and faith are related, let alone complement one another. But remember, our education is a sacred process because we are learning about the sacred world that our God made. Try to enjoy it. Thanks for joining us this month for Breadcrumbs. See you in March. Hello.
don't like to learn. Learn about it all. The things that are big and the things that are small. Elmo loves to explore and discover, too. Elmo loves to learn, learn about it all with you, 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 you. Come on, let's learn about games and sports and spiders. Learn about plants and planes and gliders. Yeah! Learn about animals, magic, and planet Mars. Music and dancing and dinosaurs. <laughs> Elmo learns with you, you, you. Learn about trucks and firefighters. Learn about reading and school and writers. Learn about bulldozers, bridges, and bumblebees. Costumes and cooking and kindness, please. <laughs> Elmo loves to learn with you, you, you. Simon's cat and see what cat things he does. 